How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to On Air with Aaron. I don't know what exactly happened with search engine optimization or whatnot, but my last episode that I uploaded where I talked about Jujutsu Kaisen, Life is Strange, it really got popular on my, uh, at least on my anchor analytics for the podcast. It's currently at like 57 listens, which compared to my other episodes, which usually get anywhere between five to 10, sometimes 12 if it's feeling really spicy, 57 is a lot. I think it's my most popular episode to date, which is amazing. I really appreciate the support. Um, I'm not entirely sure what exactly people came to listen to or if it got shared around other places. I don't really know. Um, but I really do appreciate you guys stopping by. And if you're listening to this one, then, uh, Welcome. We talk about gaming news. We talk about anime news, anime reviews, game reviews, sort of things like that. And where I just sort of discuss and give my opinions about things. This episode is going to be a little bit more of the anime discussion because I will be doing a rant or rave segment at the end of this episode, which is going to be the bulk of this episode where I talk about Attack on Titan season four, along with discussions for part two of the anime and just overall stuff that's happened in the manga and that might happen in the very last chapter. So that's going to be the bulk of this episode. But before I get on with that, I was going to talk about something new. Just one little piece of gaming news that I think has some interesting discussion points about the new possible Warzone map coming to Call of Duty. But before I get into that, just wanted to talk about myself for uh, about a minute or so. I hit 255 subs on YouTube, which is awesome. I'm at like 5,400 followers on TikTok also. So content creation's been going pretty well, pretty steady. Um, I think I brought it up last time, but I did complete my final Twitch stream. But I am streaming over on YouTube. We do Smash Bros, Xenoblade 2, a couple other games. And once I finish Xenoblade, not too sure what I'm going to be streaming. I'll probably ask chat about that. Um, But I do have Final Fantasy VII Remake, so that is a possibility. But of course... We will have to see. Um, But I'm uploading some stuff. I just uploaded uh, a TikTok about 20 minutes ago or so. So go check that out at It's Argon Games. My YouTube channel is Argon Games with a space between Argon and Games. And I upload some pretty good stuff. And it's it's a fun time coming and checking me out. I promise. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I'd love to see you guys over there. And definitely, if if you guys are listening from the podcast and you stop by, comment on a TikTok or a YouTube video, let me know that you found me from the podcast because I I definitely love to uh, love to talk to you guys there and maybe get some ideas for future episodes. But yeah, so with that being said, let's move on to the news with this week. So the new Warzone map was supposedly leaked along with a visual trailer of sorts that shows supposedly the new map and... Unfortunately, it seems that the new map, quote unquote, you can't see, but I'm doing air quotes. This new map is just going to be Verdansk, the previous map in the 1980s. Now, a lot of people are thinking this specifically the 1980s because Cold War itself takes place in the 80s. And a lot of the places of interest on the little trailer that we saw seem to be the same but back in time, I'm obviously, I can't show pictures because of course this is audio, but even if I was, I wouldn't show the pictures because copyright stuff, they're trying to take down all the things, understandably so. But there was this little, I think it was like 12 second trailer or something that showed places. I think the most prominent one was Dam and TV station and stadium. Those are the most prominent ones that I remember off the top of my head. 
And with Dam, they sort of showed, they started off like near the dam and then they panned the camera back. And then there was like this glitch effect that happened. And it showed this aqueduct in this bridge or something. And it was really looking like it was the location of Dam, but back in time. Now, again, it wasn't specified if this was the 1980s. That's just what everyone's saying because it doesn't look ancient, but it also doesn't look like it was taken three years ago. So they also showed Stadium it being created. So it was just Stadium without really the walls or seats or anything. It just had like a bunch of construction signs. There was another one that I'm still kind of confused as to what it is um, because they showed TV Station. Which, of course, we all know how that looks. The TV station and kind of just field behind it. But then when they panned back going closer towards, um, going closer towards, uh, like, farmland area, going closer that way, um, I guess that's east, um, going closer there, there was this big sort of, I don't even know how to describe it. Electrical grid or the way that I described it to my brother was it kind of looked like the, uh, the base of a wooden roller coaster, but it was really high up. It looked like a big wall. So I don't know what that was supposed to be. Maybe it's supposed to be sort of like a grid. If you remember that one map, I'm pretty sure it was called grid on black ops one. There was sort of this, well, grid in the back that was like this tall electrical thing. Maybe that's what that was supposed to be. I don't know exactly. Um, that would make sense. I mean, if it's, you know, TV station, it'd be like a radio wave thing. They have a bunch of power and electricity. Possibly. I'm not sure. That area looked kind of a little bit weird, and I don't know how that's going to play out if that's the case. But um, if this is Verdansk in the 80s, um, I, I have to say I'm, I'm very disappointed. I do like Verdansk as it is because it's got a lot of good things. You know, if you want to run more building like you can go into downtown promenade. If you want to run out more in the open, you could go farmland or even closer around dam. There's a lot of different places in zone rotations will sort of help you like get familiar with how to, how to run around that map. And I think it's a fairly well-designed map. Um, I can't really say, oh, it's absolutely perfect because it's completely different. You know, like Fortnite had a lot of open spaces, but the difference with that is that you can build in Fortnite. Apex, I only played a handful of times, so I can't really remember that map specifically. Uh, but there was obviously a lot of things that different, um, different like, I guess, operators. I don't know what exactly they call them. Champions, I think, maybe. Um, I think that's League of Legends, though. <laughs> different characters, they can do certain things like teleport and move and all these, all these different things uh so it makes the map a little bit different but warzone obviously has vehicles and boots on the ground combat sorry if you hear banging my dad's in the garage doing some work um but you have all of this with the vehicles which make traversing through the the open paths a lot easier but you also have the the building combat which um obviously you have to play a specific way so I like the variety that is in Verdansk. I like the locations, even though some of them get kind of annoying to maneuver around sometimes, i.e. downtown, especially in solos. Downtown in solos is just... Uh, I've gotten jump scared so many times. <laughs> or I just don't know that someone's there in solos. Um, but I'm going to be really disappointed if it's just Verdansk in the 80s. Because 
people have really been wanting a new map, myself included. They've been wanting a new map since, I don't know, I'd say probably around fall. People have really wanted a new map because they had about six months or so to mess around in Verdansk. And I mean, I think one year per map is a fair, <clears throat> a fair amount of time, considering that like most people now that are playing Call of Duty are playing Warzone. So I think it's kind of fair that, you know, you come out with new maps to get new content because Warzone's still wildly popular. It's not a dying game. It's still incredibly popular, obviously less popular than it was its first month. That's like with every game. Um, but it's still huge. And I seriously think that if this map just plays the same as Verdansk, the, the original one, it's going to lose a lot of following. Um, but at the flip side, I also don't want them to add in like, oh, Verdansk and a new map because then everyone, all the streamers are just going to play Verdansk. I mean, we've seen that with, uh, with Resurgence. I mean, nobody, nobody on the big streamer side was streaming anything of length with uh with rebirth island they played maybe a couple just so they can get youtube thumbnails saying like we won three games in a row on resurgence and then that's it they never touch it again um there are obviously a couple streamers who still play rebirth like when it's around and and, and when they feel like it uh i personally think that map's a lot of fun um it's definitely a different meta i think it's a really cool map um but i i certainly do think they need to add in um a new map just in general a big scale war zone map so i'm also kind of a little bit iffy on whether or not that's actually going to be the case with the new war zone map because as i said there seem to be some places that yeah they kind of were the same places but i don't know maybe what they're trying to do with that because it hasn't been an official trailer like it's not like activision released a trailer saying hey this is going to be Verdansk, but 1980s. So maybe what they were doing with the trailer, to be fair, is they were showing, hey, here's Dam. Now we're going to go back in time, and here is a Dam, or an older Dam, not necessarily the same location. Because if I'm remembering it correctly, the Dam looked very different in the uh, in like the flashback. It didn't look like the same location. It looked like there were way more trees. Now, granted, that could be because deforestation and whatnot. Um, and the uh, the radio, uh, the TV station area looked similar because it's you know it's a grassy field. About how different you can get from that. But it looked like it was going to be completely different. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be adding in similar places of interest like there's gonna be a big city there's going to be a stadium there's going to be a dam but they're not going to be in the same location as they are in verdansk and they're gonna be on a completely new map it's just that it's like oh hey you know the dam in verdansk yeah we're gonna have a dam in uh whatever they're gonna call the new map if at all um so that's sort of what i'm thinking because i think it would be really lame for Activision to look at all of the things they've built up with the nuke, with the quote-unquote story they've been doing with Warzone, and not, like, blow up the map or send nukes or do something, I think it would be really lame if they didn't do that. I mean, heck, when the whole live event happened with the Cold War announcement, really, yeah, the Cold War announcement and the, the pre-orders, that was a really cool live event, but everyone thought that it was going to be the nuke going off. 
Like, everyone thought that they were going to be releasing the nuke that was underneath Park, and they were just going to nuke the map, and we were going to go somewhere completely different. Everyone thought that. But they didn't do that. They just had a cool live event, which, like I said, I really enjoyed, and it was a great way to market the new game. But it was also kind of like, okay, so what are they going to do with these nukes, with Bunker 11A? What are they going to do with all of this stuff that they've hinted at of the, the, the map exploding? So I don't know if it's going to be... I've seen some people talking about it on social media like, oh, they're going to have some weird thing where it's like time travel bombs or what. I don't, I don't know. People are people have their, their different theories. Um, but I do think there's going to be a little bit more to this than has been quote-unquote leaked so far. If it's just going to be, oh, hey, it's nuked, so let's go into a time machine and go back to Verdansk in the 80s, I think that's incredibly lame. Um, so I'm obviously not going to hold out any judgment. I just wanted to talk about this a little bit more. Now, what could they do with this, and what do I think they should do with the new Warzone map and the uh, sort of like the future of Warzone? Personally, I think what they can do is really bank off the nostalgia of the old maps, especially with the position that Modern Warfare and Warzone were in specifically for quarantine. Because modern, half of Modern Warfare's lifespan, at least main lifespan until the new COD game, half of it was spent in quarantine. Which no other Call of Duty game has had that. And Cold War sort of started in it, but it's going to be like the reverse of Modern Warfare, where it's like its first half was in quarantine, and it's like later half is going to be um, um, like out of it. But Warzone has seriously been out since the quarantine has started, because I think it came out March 10th, which the quarantine was just starting right around there, um, which is crazy. So it's been going on for like a full year. So I think they can certainly bank off the nostalgia of people being cooped up inside and they're like, hey, let's get a squad together and play that Warzone mode. And they really liked the map, but kind of got tired of it. So if they have a new map and then a couple months later, they come out with like a like an LTM, like a like a year and a half anniversary, a two year anniversary where it's just like, hey, for a week, we're going to have old Verdansk and you can go and play in it with your friends. I think that would be a really good tactic instead of saying, hey, every day you play on, you're going to be playing the exact same map. I think it would be a lot more of a smarter uh, business model, I guess, idea that they could go that would really help the the success of the game and the longevity of it. Because, you know, we saw Fortnite take a risk where they had the same map for a while. Granted, they did a lot of modification to the map um, with the whole Kevin the Cube thing and Loot Lake, uh, adding in the whole thing with tilted towers like you going in it and then it would be gotham or something like old western they had a whole bunch of other things like modifications that added new things and then they just straight up went to a new map now i know a lot of people complained about that but i think that's sick because it gives people sort of that nostalgia like ah oh, remember when we used to land at that one place i mean heck my brother he used to, he he loved playing Fortnite, and his background photo on the Xbox is him landing at his favorite location. It's the chair is what he called it. I mean, that's pretty much what everyone calls it. It was it's like this wooden location outside a flush factory that had like a couple buildings, the chair, and that's it. And it's like he would just land there when he was playing solos, and it was one of his favorite locations. And I think that Warzone definitely has a lot of that charm. Albeit a lot different because, you know, it's more realistic and it's not like, a, oh, this place looks really quirky and cool like Fortnite had. But they certainly have a lot of that nostalgia. I know that me and my uh, friends when we played, we'd have, we had literally have a place that we call Our Drop. 
it doesn't have a name. Um, it's kind of in between farmland and quarry. Uh, it's like it doesn't have really any defining features. There's a couple houses and there's a bridge. Uh, we just call it Our Drop, and it's like we like that place, you know. And, and I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to see it in a new map, but I mean, come on, we don't want to have the same location. It'd be kind of cool to bank off that nostalgia. Not in like a microtransaction way. That's that's always cruddy, but um, it would it would also shift the uh, the meta for Warzone. Um, so it kind of evens the playing field for new and returning players alike. Because um, that's also my next point is having a completely new map would help the meta of the game a lot. Because right now and for the past past few months, Warzone's been in this weird weird sort of place where. It's like there's just a gun or two that own the meta and it's not even like they're good guns. They're ridiculous guns like the biggest problems facing Warzone right now, apart from the occasional glitches, are the Fafar just owning the meta like all around. Because I mean, at least with the Mac 10, you couldn't deck people from a distance with it. But, you know, with the, the Fafar is reminding me a lot of the Growl and how that was sort of running the meta where it's like you could snipe people with it with the right loadout, but you can also run a quick close quarters uh, one with it. And even if you aren't running that one, you can still use your long distance one for close quarters because of its damage and because of its accuracy. Um, but they're really not doing anything with the Fafar. The only gun they touched was, I think, the Aug in the most recent one. I don't think they touched the Mac 10 and they didn't touch the Fafar. And then, of course, other part from guns, the the rose skin is absolutely just hurting the meta. Granted, I was I'm now running the rose skin in solos just because it's like why not? Everyone is, um, but a lot of people are running high alert, which is really cool because I've aimed down the sights of people inside of a building with a rose skin, and they've aimed straight to me. So clearly, they're running high alert. But the only problem is high alert takes the ghost spot, which is like ghost is almost essential for solos and especially for for uh, just overall war zone. But I think the current meta is kind of running the game dry. I think it's just kind of annoying. Um, it just it, it makes the game a lot less accessible for new people where it's kind of like, all right, well, I hate the guns and I've played the map a million times, so why am I even playing? So it's like I really think that if they're going to just revamp or devamp really the, the uh, map into a previous iteration of itself... I don't think that's going to attract enough players, really. I think they have to come out with something completely new in order to sort of refresh the meta and put everyone on relatively new and relatively similar um, skill levels just so we can have, like, a reset with Warzone because it's gotten to a very weird point right now. So that's about it for the Warzone map leak um, and all the other sort of discussions around warzone right now because it's I, I do enjoy playing it. i've actually found a lot of fun playing solos by myself i guess you can't play solos with friends but I, i've had a lot of fun playing solos just kind of moving around and even times where i just i, I kind of die early on it's 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 fun you know i don't have to rely on other people to carry me i don't have to rely on trying to bring my whole team back it's nice it's like i die i die i kill i kill it, it's it's nice um I think it could really benefit from having a completely new map with a new places of interest to refresh the meta. So that's all for the news this week. And now let's talk about the bulk of this episode being Attack on Titan Season 4 Part 1. There's going to be uh, like two parts 
not only to season four of Attack on Titan, but to my discussion. Because it's a rant or rave segment, which if you're new, uh, rant or rave is just where I talk about a series. I mention good things, I mention bad things, and I overall just talk about it. I'm not really going to rate it like nine out of 10 or four out of 10 or whatever. I'm just going to talk about it in its entirety, or at least the parts that I wrote down to talk about. Um, but there's going to be two parts. The first part's just going to be talking about season four, part one with uh, no manga spoilers, anime spoilers, of course. And then the second half of this rant or rave is going to be talking about what's to come in part two of season four, along with where the manga is right now and how I think it's probably going to end. So without further ado, let's start the discussion for Attack on Titan season four, part one. Now I'm going to try my hardest to avoid like manga spoilers um, in this one, and I'm just going to try to talk specifically about the anime because i don't want to spoil anything and if i do i'll preface it with a manga spoiler um so let's let's just start talking about season four so i watched attack on titan i first started watching it i think in 2019 it was right around when season three part two was finishing up was when i started it because i watched it that summer um so i watched it and I, i watched all the way up to episode 59 within that summer within like a two months or so uh, and I really liked it, and I decided since I had watched all of this, I'm going to watch it anime only. I'm not going to read the manga, because I knew the manga was f- fairly close to finishing at that time. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to watch it anime only, but unfortunately, I got heavily involved in TikTok and YouTube and Twitter, social media, all that stuff, and it's virtually impossible for me to avoid spoilers at this point. Uh, so I decided after, I think it was episode seven i decided after episode seven that i was going to start reading the manga for attack on titan so i was anime only for the first seven episodes so i think that sort of holding out really led for like the the build-up of like that that skip in the anime like the t- the physical time skip between season three part two and season four i think it really helped when we were introduced to falco gabby udo and Sophia. i think it really helped with sort of building that that sense of everything's happening like further in time there's it's a it's a very different storyline um but it builds off of what we learned at the end of season three so before I get into like specifics, overall thoughts on the season, I do think that season four part one was really strong. I do think it was lacking in certain things, apart, uh, especially in like leaving out character moments that were present in the manga. Um, and I think overall it, it was it was a good, enjoyable season, especially the first half. The first half was phenomenal with all of the the things like the attack on Marley and the buildup of the Warhammer and just the, the Titan fights in general. Now, I'm not going to the extent that a lot of the haters have been going to, because believe me, they're annoying, but I'm personally not a fan of CGI that much in anime, and season four has the most and the most prevalent CGI in all of Attack on Titan. Now, I'm not necessarily going to come out and say that the CGI was bad, because I think it's important to look at the context. You know, MAPPA only had, I think it was, it was less than a year, I think it's like 10 months to animate Season 4, Part 1 of Attack on Titan. And they did a phenomenal job, especially with the character designs. Like, personally, 
I think season four gave us the best character designs uh, of the entire anime. I love the season three, the season two, season one character designs. I really do, but sometimes they just kind of looked odd. Like, there's this one picture of Mikasa from, like, the earlier seasons that people just keep popping up, and I don't know what it is. She just looks weird in it. But they just look so much better in season four. And I can't necessarily say that's an objective truth, because obviously some people have complaints about it. Um, some valid, some invalid. But I think these character designs are very good, and they really help to make the uh, the season feel a lot more... What's the right word? I don't want to say human, but a lot more, like, matured. I think that's the best way to put it, because everyone in seasons, you know, one, two, and three, they kind of looked like anime kids. You know, they, they kind of did. And the manga doesn't really portray them as that. It does in certain lights, but in other ways it doesn't. But the anime definitely made them, especially in the, like, the first parts of the anime, made them look a lot more childish, which isn't bad because, yeah, they were younger, but season four definitely capitalized on the... Uh, the style of making them look more adult and more mature and more grown into the world, which I can't praise them enough. I do think some of the CGI looked kind of bad. I don't think Aaron's Titan looked bad at all during this season. A lot of people drew complaints with that. I think Aaron's Titan looked phenomenal, even with the CGI, because if they would have stuck with the CGI for all of Attack on Titan, I would have no complaints because... I was talking to my roommate back in college about this um, when we were watching Black Clover. CGI in anime is really cool when they're trying to make things look otherworldly. So I think that fits Titans perfectly. You know, because these Titans, they, they are legitimately otherworldly. So making them CGI just kind of fits. But I do think some of them looked very weird. Like, I personally think the Beast Titan CGI, like when he was looking around um, with his fight with Levi... Um, in the forest, I think that looked kind of tacky, in my opinion, um, just the way he was looking around, his other movements were phenomenal, like, when he ripped that titan in half, that was gnarly, and it looked sick, um, when he was throwing the, like, the, the body parts, that was amazing, like, that looked really good, but when he was looking around, it looked kind of tacky, um, <laughs> the one piece of animation that I just, I cannot get over, just the way this looked, but it was like an episode, I don't know, it was like episode three or something with Udo, what, if, you, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about, where they're like sitting at the docks or whatever, um, and he's like talking to them, they rotoscoped him, and I don't know why they decided to do that, it looks so weird, because when I was watching it, I'm not super huge on animation, like I don't know all the ins and outs, it just looked weird, it was like, why does he look so fluid? This doesn't fit at all. He was doing all these these movements and motions that just felt like, huh? And I mean, which is which is ironic because obviously, I mean, I said this is gonna have spoilers for the season one. Like Udo dies like three episodes later or like two episodes later. Why did they decide to give him all of that animation? Like for what? <laughs> it just it was it just felt so out of place. You know, because at least with the Titans with CGI, yeah, if they move weird, it's because they're weird otherworldly creatures, but Udo's just a dude. <laughs> Why did he look like that? Um, but regardless, even though some some parts of the CGI were very odd, um, like, personally, I think the best CGI, I think Aaron's CGI looked really good. Um, I think the, the scouts looked really good. 
But we need to talk about the Warhammer. The Warhammer looked phenomenal with CGI. Like, the way that the Warhammer, like, cocked back the hammer. That was really cool. I love that. It just, it looked really nice. And it just, it made the Warhammer feel like such a different Titan than the rest. Because it is. But it was, it was good. And I can't give them enough praise for that. The whole Assault on Marley was animated very well. Paced very well. And just had really really good scenes and action overall um i can't help thinking though just because i am such a big fan of it and i did talk about it last episode jujutsu kaisen is one of the most visually stunning anime within the past few years um especially with its fight and for being a modern mainline shonen um and mappa does that as well and we know that mappa loves gojo we know they love jujutsu kaisen but, like, I'm just imagining if they had enough time with Attack on Titan that they did with Jujutsu Kaisen, I'm just imagining how good the fight with Levi and the Beast Titan would be. I'm just thinking about it right now. Because this one definitely felt like a manga fight with cool anime moments. But I'm just imagining them going full ham with Levi just annihilating his, uh, his, um... I guess comrades, I guess you could call them that, with like his 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 uh, members. I, I could just imagine them going ham with that. Um, but unfortunately, they just they had to get this season out, they, uh, which is really disappointing. Because um, I think they could have done an even better job with that scene and conveying the emotions and just the raw strength of Levi. Um, but regardless. I still think that Mappa did a phenomenal job with this part of season four. Um, now, moving on to actual content in season four, like actual story progression, character moments. Uh, certain things were left out from the manga. Um, like there were some character moments, I believe, with the uh, flashback scene with with Reiner, uh, Annie and Bertolt. There were some scenes that were left out that sort of added to the um, like the characterization of those three characters, especially Reiner, who still, even just anime only, is a phenomenally written character and is very complex and is even more so in the manga. Uh, they left out certain things with Bertolt. Um, they also left out this one scene from, uh, I think it would have been episode like 12 or something. I don't remember exactly. But there was an episode, there was a scene in the manga where it was like Connie, Jean, Mikasa, Armin, and I think someone else, maybe Sasha, because I think this was before her demise. Um, I can't remember exactly. Um, but they're all sitting in a room talking, and of course, Connie's like, oh, hey, Aaron's like nutso. <laughs> and, and they're talking, and, um, there's just there's a couple moments that are in there. Actually, thinking about, it, I can't remember if that's exactly omitted. For I, I think it is because it's not the scene where they're in the prison. Uh, it's a different scene, and they're talking. And Mikasa says something like to Armin, like as a joking that adds to her characterization. Um, as long as as well as like her and Armin's friendship, because they had the whole scene before uh before Premier Zachary was um you know assassinated. They had this whole scene where they were walking and talking, and, and I saw some people kind of talking about, like, you know, her and Armin aren't that close, but that's just because uh, Wit didn't animate a lot of the scenes and switched around uh, certain parts where Armin was talking to Aaron and did it with Mikasa and Aaron, and 
where other characters were having interactions, which is unfortunate because a lot of people sort of dog Mikasa for being just sort of an errand simp. They just dumb her down and dull her down to this character that doesn't have much other than I love Aaron and I'm going to do everything in my power to show him that I love him, which is unfair and and takes away a lot of her characterization. And it's going to confuse a lot of people, um, you know, later on once uh, season four, part two gets fully animated. It's just going to make a lot of people confused as to like her motivations and her, her, her inner struggles and her just relationship with Aaron. So, unfortunately, a lot of those omissions sort of uh, take away things from certain characters and put them onto characters that don't necessarily deserve it and don't really benefit from having that specific characterization. Um, but the character interactions that were present in the anime were phenomenal. They did a great job portraying Reiner as just sort of this broken, beaten warrior who is just kind of in this spot where he doesn't love what he's doing. He started off doing it for a way that he thought was just, but spent his time in parody and didn't really get out what he thought he was going to get. He just became a soldier and a warrior, and he's just broken between these two personalities. There's an image I, I've seen circulating around, like on TikTok, Twitter, and whatnot, of uh, Reiner... And it portrays his character perfectly, in my opinion, where he's in his scout uniform, like his soldier uniform, and he's smiling and he's in the sunshine. And he's like with, I don't know, it might be Aaron in them. I don't remember exactly, but he's smiling and happy. But then you see another him that's like kind of tied to uh, his sunny side, I guess you could call it. And it's in the darkness and it's bare holding him back. And Reiner's face is just is just saddened. And I think that really builds how good of a character and how complex he is and his real motivations. Um, which is just, they've done such a good job with that in the anime and the manga. And I can't give them enough praise for that. So that's really going to conclude the discussion for part one of season four of attack on Titan. As I said, I do think that it was really good and it was handled very well. Certain CGI parts kind of threw me off, but that's also just like a personal preference for me. Um, I do think it could have been a bit better in certain points, but again, MAPA was really working with a huge time constraint. So their use of CGI in a lot of places where it might not seem necessary is understandable, and, and I do appreciate all the hard work that they put in. While also, at the same time, basically carrying the anime industry right now. Because, my gosh, they're working on a bunch of stuff. Like, Jujutsu Kaisen, Attack on Titan, and they're getting another... Chainsaw Man. I mean, my gosh, those are three huge ones that people have been talking about. So, you know, big props to MAPPA for doing all the work that they have. I really think Season 4... Uh, portrayed a lot of characters very well and there are these tiktoks that i see where like people are like they flash manga panels um in between the episodes like the the stills from the episodes and it looks really good it's basically spot on from the manga um so they're doing an incredible job with that now let's talk about the big things with season four part two now this is full cuffs off spoiler territory for the manga because there's so much that happens between where they left off for season four part one 
and where it's going to end in Season 4 Part 2. So, let's just dive right into this because I have about 20 minutes left that I want to talk about this. <clears throat> okay, so Part 1 ended with Aaron standing on the, uh, I don't even know what the heck you want to call it, him standing on the uh, building, castle, I guess, whatever it was, and uh, peak with Gabby. And Porco came from underneath and bit off Aaron's leg, and he turned into a titan, looked at the warship, said Reiner, and then, like, it ended. Said to be continued. That that fateful end screen. So, from there on, we are going to get the full, I guess you could call it, like, the, the war in Shiganshina. I'm not actually sure what it's specifically called. I can't remember exactly what the arc itself is called, but it's like... Basically, like, retaliation, fight in Shiganshina, or something like that. Um, so, <clears throat> a lot happens in between that. And I don't even mean a lot, like, saying, oh, there's, like, a bunch of fights, and people die, because that's what happens when you have wars. But just a lot of crucial, crucial story details happen in, uh, in season four, part two, or rather from that point on forward in the manga. Um, it just, there's just so much. Okay. So first off, what's going to happen after this is we're obviously going to have this war and then Aaron is going to turn into the founding Titan after he gets his head murked off by, by Gabby. Um, absolutely clutch and then connects with Zeke and becomes the founding Titan and activates the rumbling. Now I am really excited for this part to be animated because it's gonna have a similar vibe to how they animated um you know season four part one where it's like you start off with like the the war in um marley pretty much though it's gonna be a little bit different because they did the whole preface where it's like oh hey we're gonna show off gabby and we're gonna show off porco and then reiner and zeke fighting so they have like that one episode of fight and then like two or three episodes of kind of like oh exposition and dump like that and then we have the fight in uh, Marley. But this one's just going to be like straight battle. Like they're just going to be fighting, fighting, fighting. And it's going to last a couple episodes. Um, I'm not sure how many episodes because this battle ends with... Uh, this battle ends with Eren turning into the Founding Titan. Um, the absolute monstrosity that is the Founding Titan. Now, that is one of the things I got spoiled for me before I, uh, before I read the manga was... Not necessarily Aaron turning into the Founding Titan, but the Founding Titan's size. Because there are those YouTube videos that compare Titan sizes, which, ironically enough, is one of the first things I saw that got me interested in Attack on Titan. Um, with, the, like, the Rod Reese Titan. So, <clears throat> I saw that, and it just said, the Founding Titan in the thumbnail, and it, it just showed, uh, well, the Founding Titan, its big skeletal structure, and that intrigued me a lot, but I was like, I know what these words mean, so it irritates me. So, I, uh, that's where they're going to end it, and the fight's going to be really good. Now, what they're going to do with the everyone turning into titans that drank the wine, that is going to be, it's either going to look really good or really cheap. Because, oh my gosh, there are, there are a lot of titans that are going to be popping up in that fight. Because after Zeke roars, 
Like, they're all turning into Titans, and I don't know exactly how many there were, but there's gotta be close to 100, probably even more, that turn into Titans, and I'm just... They didn't even animate... They didn't even animate Levi fighting the Titans. I can't imagine what they're gonna do for this. Not to mention that, like, an episode or two later, they're gonna have the rumbling, which... I can't even begin to fathom how they're going to animate that or how that's going to look. Because we already saw Armin's Colossal Titan, which looked phenomenal in the anime. But doing that with, like, hundreds of thousands of Titans, I can't even imagine how that's going to look. Like, I'm really looking forward to it, but I'm also like... This is coming out winter 2022, or more like December 2021 is when the first episode is going to air. Most likely, that's, that's what I've been hearing. If they only have another, like, 10 months to do this, or not even that, like, how, how many months is between that? Yeah, like, eight months. If eight months is that's going to come out, they have to have been working on the rumbling since, like, day one. They have to have been. If, they, if they're not going to do it with like all this CGI or they're just going to show bits and pieces of the rumbling. It's going to be scary to see all that. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, the manga ends on April 9th. Uh, now I'm going to be talking about more of like the, uh, the manga specific things instead of how I think it's going to look in the anime. Um, the manga ends on April 9th. Um, it's officially the last chapter, chapter 139. After all of these years, it is finally coming to an end. Um, so let's talk about a bit, let's talk a bit about the manga and what has happened and what will happen. So, uh, I'm just going to give one last spoiler warning because this is big spoiler territory that like genuinely changes the story. So just before warning you again, <clears throat> there have been a lot of character deaths thus far. Um, Porco, Hanji, Magath, Shadis, Floke. Flock, I hate that guy, so I don't care about pronouncing his name right. Uh, Zeke, Aaron, just to name a few. Now, the first one, of course, Porco. Like, that one's going to happen within the next few episodes of uh, Season 4 Part 2. That one's, it's big because, you know, of course, Falco becomes the Jaw Titan, uh, as we know from reading the manga. Um, Hanji dies closer to the end, Um so that one's that one's obviously big, uh, but that one's not going to come for a little bit. Uh, Magath and Shadis, they had one of my favorite interactions like on the ship when they were both going to blow up. That's going to be at the halfway point of season four, roughly around there. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> Flock, I think Flock gets murked by Gabby as well. Uh, and then Zeke dies like right near the end. Um, he only died a couple chapters ago and then Aaron died in the most recent one. Now I say Aaron died quote unquote, because we saw Mikasa enter Aaron's colossal Titan's mouth and cut the head from the spine. Nothing weird happened. Like another worm didn't fly out and kill everyone. Um, so we assume from what we know now, that Eren, at least at that point in the manga, is dead. Because once Zeke died, like, the rumbling stopped. Um, which, obviously, because that, that severed the connection to the royal blood. 
Um, and then that means the Beast Titan is finished. Uh, there has not, there is not another Beast Titan, uh, at least not that we know thus far. Um, and then Aaron turning into a Colossal Titan. We, we just assume that he has passed. Now, do I think that he's actually dead and gone? I don't know. Because a while back, Isayama posted like a sketching for the last panel of Attack on Titan, and it was a character with long hair, assumably a male, holding a baby, saying, you are free. Now, there's been a lot of speculation as to who those two people are in that, but I think the theory that's been the most prevalent is that it's going to be Eren holding Historia's baby that is possibly being Ymir reincarnated, Ymir Fritz, not uh, not Historia's Ymir, um, and Eren freeing Ymir from the Titan curse and finally being able to live in that world uh, free of the curse um, and possibly free of the, um, the subjugation of the Eldians um, since they can no longer turn into Titans, so what's their threat? You know what I mean? Um, so that's sort of the main theory that I've seen a lot of people talk about. I've also seen that it's going to be, you know, Aaron just talking to his child, um, just a child saying you are free because the Titan curse is now gone. Um, you know, because a lot of people are saying that it's Aaron and Historia's baby. And while I do think that in a vacuum, that would be a very interesting theory. And I think that would be really good. I also think that with everything that's been built up thus far, I really can't see, I really can't see like Aaron and Historia having a child because yeah, they've had good interactions before, but nothing to the point where it's like, oh, they've had good interactions and now they're having a baby together. Like, no, I, I I don't personally think, especially within 138, the way that we saw Aaron, um, <clears throat> like talking to, to, um, to Mikasa in that sort of like dream world that they had saying like, yeah, this is like our perfect world together. Um, you know, something with paths and whatnot. So I don't think they do like a total 180 sort of thing, especially if Aaron wants Historia to be free, you know, because it's like, I feel like it's, if Isayama really wanted us to show, Hey, Aaron and uh, Historia are supposed to be a thing. He would have done it a lot earlier and a lot sooner than, you know, the second half of season four. Because there is one line that people are arguing like, with the translation into English says something like that, saying like, oh, but would you be in good spirit of me carrying the baby? You know, and instead of saying like a baby, so they're saying, oh, the baby, they're talking to Aaron saying like, it's, it's his baby. I don't know. I feel like that's a stretch. I'm not saying it's completely invalid, but like, I think that also kind of takes away a lot of Historia's arc that she's come through, where it's like she felt that she never had a choice growing up. Um, you know, she was kind of bound by the royal family, much like Ymir herself, um, you know, bound to her duties as royalty. But then her becoming the queen, her kind of like uh, stepping out of that boundary and sort of doing things for herself. I think the like the farm boy love story, I think that's way more compelling than Aaron and Historia having a baby. If it was like Aaron and Mikasa's baby, then OK, that would make more sense. And I think that'd be a bit better because, yeah, their love story, whether or not you like it. It's like, that's what's been established in the canon. Um, so I think there's going to be some resurgence of Aaron in uh, the last chapter, whether or not it's in paths, like he's communicating to everyone, whether he's still living in the paths and whether he's um, he's actually like going to 
die die or if he's going to be like straight up just this this like omnipotent god or something that he's just going to exist within the paths and sort of be in control in a way because that's also another point of contention is like all Eldians are connected through the paths but does that have to do necessarily with the titans does that have to do with ymir like if ymir is put back does that mean that all Eldians are not connected through the paths like what does that mean um so that ob obviously could be answered later on um what are we going to see from the other characters because we've seen um we've seen uh from big character moments uh Bertolt coming back in titan form albeit like connected to Eren's skeletal monstrosity but we can see that he at least has maintained some consciousness because he looks at Annie and kind of has like an expression like oh my gosh Annie and she looks at him and says Bertolt so there are also these big character moments um so so moving away from like the the Aaron death and whatnot and of course there are other character deaths but i'm not going to talk about all of them because we'd be here forever um so <laughs> uh big character moments that had happened annie comes back um once Aaron activates the rumbling um it like kind of shatters all previous titan titan hardening abilities that were active so it shatters Reiner's armor, which I'm really excited to see how that's going to be animated because that's going to look disgusting. Like, uh, like Reiner's Titan, like the armored Titan, just like losing its armor. That's just going to look nasty. Um, and then, of course, it undid Annie's hardening, which she encased herself at the end of season one. Um, so she's finally coming back after three full seasons, pretty much. Um, Reiner helping to defeat Eren, um, like coming back uh, and, you know, with Annie to go and fight and also taking the grunt by fighting that worm thing, the, the, the hallucinogenia that or hallucinogenia, whatever the heck it's called, uh, that pops out of Eren that like shoots out the fog. Uh, him fighting that is going to look amazing. Uh, Barathol coming back, as I said. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of big character moments to add. And personally, like Hanji's character arc coming to an end, I think was written beautifully and was was uh, was written very well. Levi, like, I'm glad he didn't die, but he's also at that point where he's like, he's, I I, I can't in good faith now refer to him still as humanity's like greatest soldier. I think that mantle does belong to Mikasa now, um, because Levi is fallen. You know, he's lost everyone. He's lost two of his fingers he's he's injured he can still hold his own he's still incredibly strong but like i think that era is done i don't think he's gonna die he hasn't died yet um you know for all the anime only uh people still listening to this for some unknown reason yeah levi doesn't die at the end when he was blown up somehow um but he was broken from that battle um and I think that Mikasa definitely deserves that honor, you know, passing on sort of like that Ackerman line. I think that's really good. Um, Gabby, of course, look, I understand Gabby's hate because I didn't grow up with Attack on Titan. I didn't start watching it in 2013 like everyone else did. But like when she killed Sasha, like that didn't seem surprising. It sucked and was like, no, they killed Sasha. But it was less of a, I was a, I was, I was more surprised they killed Sasha. I wasn't surprised Gabby killed Sasha. If that's, if that's a way to put it, like it makes total sense. I mean, <clears throat> if Aaron was in that same position when he was younger, he would absolutely have shot and killed someone. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, and I think a lot of people overlook that because she killed Sasha. Now, if you just don't like Gabby, I mean, that's totally fine. I mean, that that's valid. I, mean, I think you have to have a reason to not like her, but like, 
I think that her character is handled very, very well because she's, I mean, I will say this to the end. She is Aaron in Marley. Like there, there is no difference. Like, yeah. Okay. You could say, well, Aaron has lost more. It's like, okay, well, she's lost a lot of things too, you know, and she's literally subjugated and put into a ghetto her entire life. I mean, Aaron has been too, but like, at least he's not getting spit on by Marleyans and told that he's a worthless piece of junk and he can only prove himself by basically sending himself to die. Um, so that's my take on that. But I think they handled Gabby's character very well. Um, they definitely have given her the comeuppance that she deserves uh, in, in a good way. You know, she's gotten beaten up. She's gotten, like, you know, attacked numerous times, both physically um, and verbally. Uh, and she's had a real change of heart. And there's this one panel that I can't wait to see animated in season four, part two, where it's like, she saves, uh, the, the blouses or the blouses, however you pronounce it. Uh, and she's standing in the same pose that Sasha did when she saved, um, Kaya. And I think that's beautiful because when I first saw Gabby, like when I first saw it in the trailer, I swear, I thought they were doing some like time travel thing. Like, Oh, this is supposed to be Sasha because they look the same. And that, that was clearly done intentionally, you know? like a mix of Aaron and Sasha, uh, in my opinion, but she's had some really good character moments. I mean, you know, murking both Aaron and flock. I mean, dude, come on. Like you, you can't get better than that. <laughs> um, but the last thing that I want to talk about is, uh, them showing Ymir's full backstory because man, can we talk about how much of a genius Isayama is when it comes to foreshadowing and just knowing his full story before it's even out in the manga. Because the season two ending, I think now is objectively the best Attack on Titan ending because of what we know now in the manga. Isayama straight up spoiled. He spoiled the series for manga readers in the anime. I don't know how many more uh, like authors or writers or anything can say that they've done that. But that's incredible. The ending showed the whole, like, Battle of Lago or whatever uh, that was talked about in Zeke's backstory episode, which is, like, one of the best episodes of this season. Um, and he showed the whole thing of Ymir, like, Ymir Fritz, her body being eaten by her, I think it was her children? By her children and gaining the Titan powers. Nobody knew that was the case. I mean, people knew that, oh, you became a Titan shifter by eating the previous shifter. Everyone knew that. But they didn't know where it came from. And Isayama put that in the ending of season two, the worst received season, just for us to find out later on. I think that's amazing. And I can't give enough credit for that. Um, so showing Ymir's backstory and everything in the paths is going to be beautiful to see. And finally seeing Ymir be like full animated in the show and seeing her reactions and in her face and hearing her voice, it's going to be great. Um, they're going to do a really good job, I hope. Um, but just overall, there's going to be a lot of good things that are going to come in season four, part two. Again, only thing I'm worried about is time. I am not worried about Mappa's, um, you know, talent and skill being able to handle this. Cause I know they can, they've proved themselves time and time again, but I just hope they have more time, but it's a little unfortunate because the, the manga is ending in four days at time of this recording and the anime will end in a year from now, which is a little bit upsetting. So, um, 
yeah, I'm uh, a little upset with that, but I'm, I'm genuinely excited for the future of Attack on Titan, how it's going to end, and its general reception as the years go on. Because um, it's it's certainly going to earn its spot as one of the best anime stories ever told, in my opinion. There obviously is a lot of controversy with Attack on Titan, and I'm definitely not going to diminish that. I'm not going to talk about it on this one just because there's too much to talk about, and I'm just about to wrap up. But it's genuinely going to go down as one of the greatest written pieces of anime storytelling alongside of greats like uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. That much is true. Um, whether or not you think either one is better than the other is, is up to you. Um, I will not be giving my opinion about that at this time because I love them both. But nonetheless, that is going to end this discussion about Attack on Titan uh, Season 4 and beyond. And that's also going to conclude this episode of On Air with Aaron. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to this episode. Go check me out on TikTok. I just posted another one talking about some stuff with my hero. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy uploading to TikTok and YouTube at Argon Games. I don't know if I mentioned but my, my my TikTok handle is um, it's Argon Games. And I'm thinking about possibly creating another YouTube channel where I talk about specifically like movie, TV show, anime things. So uh, yeah, if you guys would like to see that, let me know. Um, cause I, I would certainly love to create something alongside of the podcast with that. So that'll be it for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. I will see you in the next one.